pen. There we go. All right. Uh, I had a minor problem. It, it was connected. All right. That was my fault. I Sorry about that, Jeff. All right. Let me uh, take two. Good afternoon to everybody on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, you can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Right now it's 12.07. Again, I apologize for our radio audience. Everyone on Facebook Live caught that live. The uh, error was on my end, and it's uh, it won't happen again. The error was on my end. I was Well, it doesn't matter what happened. But I was saying about preferred towing. Call them today, 401-725-8500. 401-725-8500. Mark's been doing repossessions for 30 years. He'll get the job done safely and securely. They also buy older vintage cars. Preferred towing, 401-725-8500 or online at preferredrecovery.com. They're also on Facebook. Well, folks, good afternoon. I apologize. It's 1208. Juan is so wound up. <coughs> That's what it is. I am so wound up over the events that happened yesterday. I am so glad that we took President, speech, uh, President Trump's speech live. I want to say good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. We were on Facebook, I think, twice yesterday. I don't remember. It was so fast-moving. Um, we have all the outrage. I do want to, you know, we'll definitely bring you the latest, everything that's happening. We're going to talk to someone who was down there coming up momentarily. But, folks, I'm going to, you know, be consistent with this. And um, someone was murdered yesterday. Someone was shot and killed. And why was she shot and killed? You've heard Ashley Babbitt, 14-year military veteran, unarmed, shot and killed by Capitol Police. For what? For trespassing? That's a that's a misdemeanor. Trespassing in, in a public building. The Capitol is a public building. That's our building. And they shot and killed her. And it's very graphic. There was no reason to. She didn't have a weapon on her. She wasn't dangerous. Uh, there were police all over the place. But she was shot and killed. And I'm already speaking with someone about a local protest in her honor. Ashley Babbitt, say her name. Ashley Babbitt. A true Trump supporter flew in from San Diego to support our president. But let me address the events of yesterday. Now, first of all, I don't believe most of the people yesterday were peaceful protesters. I repeat, most of those people were peaceful protesters. And what was so um, what was uh, so double standard is the reaction in the media and so many of the local officials. They act as though, were we all supposed to pretend that all summer long that we didn't watch how there were all the protests in Antifa and Black Lives Matter, how they were destroying every major city? And yesterday, and I want to explain who I think was there. So what I think what a lot of people, and as someone, folks, I attend these things. Let me tell you something. I speak with a certain expertise because I attend protests I attend rallies. I have attended Trump rallies in other states, in New Hampshire, in Florida. I've been to Washington many times, as people know. I've gone to a lot of the protests here. There are some people that just turn out for protests. Now, if you go to, we don't have Patriots games, but I I think I can liken it to, if you go to a Patriots game, there are people that they dress up, right, like, they dress up in the stands or they dress up in character and they wear costumes and they fit in. And it kind of adds to the craziness when you have all the people in the stands. There's a lot of people that they just end in the parking lot. Well, a lot of times, and you saw it sometimes, for instance, there's a local person, Ann Armstrong. They're just, they go wherever there's a big crowd of people. And so you get some of that. And there's a big picture of a guy walking around, and he's got horns and a bull helmet. And he, he's traveled the country. He goes to protests. He goes to Black Lives Matter protests. He goes to Trump protests. They just they go where the action is. Do you remember the guy that used to be years ago? He would go to all the sporting events. I just thought of this now. And he would always flash the sign John and then the uh, quote, what was it, 316 And no matter where you'd go, like, there he is. He was this religious guy, and these religious people would fund him. (coughs) Excuse me. You'd go, and you'd put on the Super Bowl. There he is. And he's holding the quotation, John 316. You'd watch the World Series. Like, who is this guy? He just goes to those events. Well, there are people like that. Now, there are also people that they are kind of anti-government people. And when they hear that there's a march basically kind of against the government and what's going on, and then there's going to be a march to the Capitol, 
it brings out a lot of these different types of people. So when I see some of the footage, I don't think it wasn't all Antifa in there. I think there's more. There are these anti-government. They're really not one or the other. They're kind of anarchists. Some of them might be Trump supporters, but they're not the traditional Trump supporters. They're more just anti-government people. They're anarchists. Um, when we had, when there was the Trump rally at Rocky Point, uh, you get like that lady, Ann Armstrong. She's not a Trump supporter. She just sees a crowd and she goes and she dresses up in this weird costume and, and she just like marches around and it's part of the weirdness. And then that lady that was on Ellen, Mary Halsey, she suddenly shows up with her horn and she wants to, like there's, whenever there's going to be a large crowd, people are drawn to that. If you've ever gone to, a concert sometimes outside when we had concerts. You know, there were people that would travel with the Grateful Dead or the Rolling Stones. They're like part of the circus. They think they're like part of the act. And believe it or not, there are people with that lit the protests. You know, when I went to uh, the Trump rally that kicked off his campaign in Orlando in June of in last year, meaning 19, <coughs> the people outside that like went there and it is like a circus atmosphere. Well, that's what happened yesterday. But let's be very clear. I, I don't like the president now has been suspended from Twitter. And now he's been suspended from Facebook. And the Massachusetts delegation, they are really, I think Tim Dodd explained it very well about um, about the whole thing of the 25th Amendment. Now, I'm reading Mick Mulvaney. He tweeted out, we didn't sign up for what you saw yesterday. We signed up for making America great again. We signed up for lower taxes, less regulation. President, a long list of successes, but... All that went away yesterday. So Congressman David Cicilline, I'm circulating articles of impeachment, prepared to remove the president from office after the attack in the U.S. Capitol. Those were peaceful protesters. Now, folks, right now at 1214, as we speak, I didn't go to this because I think the, the situation of Washington trumps it, if so to speak. But Rhode Island Attorney General Peter Narona is set to announce right now as we speak, he's announcing the results in the investigation with that Providence Police Cruiser and Jamal Gonzalez. And from what I understand, they're announcing that there's no criminal charges against the police. And so we're going to find out. We're going to find out uh, exactly with what happens about peaceful protesters. I'm also seeing Facebook extends ban on President's uh, use of Facebook account. Uh, risk of his post is too great. Schumer calls for President Trump to be immediately removed from office. Uh, amendment, 25th Amendment or impeachment. Folks, everyone's got to calm down. Okay, the president did not incite that yesterday. He didn't. He was saying, listen, they're going to be inside trying to decide what to do. And we want our people outside to put pressure on them to do the right thing. President Trump did not incite that yesterday. And that's unfair to do that. You know, and all these people that have been talking about it, as I said, where were they all summer? Where were they all summer in talking about some of the things that were done? Now, again, we are going to talk to someone who was there yesterday, and I've had him on the program before. I also like the position of Brian Newberry and Mike Chippendale, who basically have said, you know, if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about um, exactly how this shouldn't be acceptable, then it's going to be condemned on both sides. But as you know, especially like Cicilline, and I'm going to play his comments, they didn't say anything during the course of the summer. Congressman David Cicilline, he was the mayor of Providence for eight years. The city of Providence is still reeling from the riots. He never said a word. And as he's being interviewed yesterday, you know, he certainly wouldn't do an interview with me. No one says to him, you know, Congressman, while I have you, and we're talking about protests and, and actions and what should happen. What was your reaction to the Black Lives Matter protesters that destroyed Providence Place Mall? Now, folks, can you imagine if one of those protesters had been shot and killed inside the mall that night for breaking and entering, for theft? But this type of thing upsets me. Now, Nellie Gorbia, the Secretary of State, was on Channel 12 this morning. And I like Patrick Little and Danielle North. I know those guys. I haven't seen them in a while. But I certainly like them and respect them. But how do you have her on and not even ask her 
And before I play this, I want to just remind you folks, and right now, good afternoon at 1217, it's John DePietro. And we're going to play this in just a second. But I just want to remind you, here in Rhode Island, as President Trump mentioned yesterday, you know, they have the illegal aliens who are registered to vote. And that's wrong. And they even have decided that in Rhode Island, you can't even ask them if they're a citizen. And that's wrong. And they're on the voter rolls. You know why they're voting? Because they're on the voter rolls. Let me back up for a moment. Illegal aliens, they shouldn't be allowed to register to vote. And they're voting because they're registered to vote. So when people count the ballots, if you have 1,000 illegals that voted and you count 1,000 ballots and then they walk away and say, yeah, it all adds up. There's 1,000 ballots there. Yeah, my thing is they never should have voted in the first place. But listen to Nellie Gobia. She never gets asked that. Folks, we don't have access to the voter rolls. Nellie Gobia, Secretary of State Rhode Island, she changed that. She changed that in July of 2017. So you can't cross-examine the fact that with the census, the census that was done in Rhode Island, they did a census and they found that in Rhode Island, there were uh, 545,000 people that said they, that they were voted, that they voted. Five, no, excuse me, registered to vote. 545,000 registered to vote. According to Nelly Gobia, that number is now at 800,000. Completely at odds. So what she needs to do is release the voting rolls. You need a computer program to measure it, check it out, look for duplications, look for people that don't belong, and, and weed it out. But she won't do that. Now, none of that is asked. Five, according to Nelly Gobia, 520,000 people voted. I want to be very clear with you about something. You know, see, here's the problem that's happening. And that guy, Pete, he's on Fox and Friends of the Morning. He had a good comment on Fox that I agree with. Because I understand the outrage. And I'm getting that way, folks. Now, right now at 1219, I want to be very clear with you. Do I, John DePietro, do I have any faith in the Rhode Island election system? No. Am I disappointed, if not disgusted, with the Rhode Island Republican Party for their lack of effort to get to the root of it? Yes, I am. I always vote. I always have. But am I going to continue to encourage people to run for office, get involved in the system? And what 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 are we doing? Are we spinning our wheels? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You know, they don't get that. What you saw yesterday was frustration of people, right? Like they're letting them steal and cheat in the game and they don't do anything to stop it. These people need to be held accountable. None of this is asked. Let's hear her interview. Let's see. This is Nellie Gobia this morning on Channel 12. Again, nothing about transparency in the voter roll. Nothing about the fact the illegals voted. Rhode Island this time, 50,000 new people voted compared to the highest election total we ever have. Where did they come from? How is that possible? Never even challenged. Let's hear it. Continues now joining us live via Zoom, Rhode Island Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea. Good morning, Nellie. Good morning, Patrick. Wanted to uh, get another response to a tweet that you sent out uh, right around the time that this all started on Capitol Hill yesterday. That you said President Trump's lies and disinformation on our election have fueled this attack on our democracy. Would you expand on that? Yeah, I, you know, as Secretary of State, you know, I'm on the front lines of defending our democracy. And, and I work with Democrats and Republicans tape. at all the different levels of government. Stop the tape. Defending our democracy? No, she's destroyed our democracy. This woman's running for governor. Defending our democracy? We don't have any democracy. There's thousands of votes. There's more votes than people that are eligible to vote. Continue. Defending democracy, she's destroyed it. See, she's been Secretary of State since 2014. She has altered the voting rolls. She's destroyed transparency. And notice the voting has drastically taken a change since she took charge. We work with law enforcement. We work with election officials in every single one of our communities. And the, the truth is, is that America... In America, voters alone decide who's going to represent them and govern in their. And we select our government through elections. This election was fair and secure. You know, that's a big word they use, secure. You know, she never touches on who's registered to vote. 
You know, I'm so tired of the phrase, we want to keep you safe. The voting was safe and secure. What does that mean? That's just a buzzword. This, folks, what you're listening to is a pathological liar. But she's not even being asked about it, is what gets me. The Republican colleagues like Secretary of State Reffensberger from Georgia will tell you the same. And yesterday's attacks on our nation's capital shows the dangers of promoting lies and misinformation about elections. Um, and, and this is something the president sadly has been doing for months. It's time for it to end. The election, thankfully, is over. And all the states have certified the results. And You know, just a complete disgrace. It really is. I mean, I can't listen that all everything you just heard never addressed how things are done locally. I want to play. What, what's his name? Pete. I met him at the Trump rally in New Hampshire. Pete. Uh, Hegs. All right. I'm going to um, play. He, he had good sound about the protesters yesterday. And I I agree with it. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by Coogie. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable residential services. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. We have a long way to go with winter. Call Coogie. R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. <coughs> Folks, I want to be very clear. Do I advocate vi- No, I don't advocate violence. Hardly. If anything, I've criticized the fact that there were people committing acts of violence all summer long and were never called upon it. There's different rules for the protesters. There's different rules for Black Lives Matter. There's different rules for Antifa. They're allowed to break the law. That is a fact. I have been to Trump gatherings. I've been to Trump rallies. No, I've never worried about my safety. I don't think they were full Trump supporters in there yesterday. And what happened? So some people broke some windows. Hey, back in May, some protesters, Black Lives Matter protesters, smashed the windows at the Rhode Island State House. Anyone ever arrested on that? Do you hear anything about that? Any, anyone ever held accountable for that? Do you know what that situation, they have security cameras and they actually know who did it, but they didn't want to arrest them because the person they would arrest was a person of color? Congressman Cicilline attended that rally, by the way. How about the damage at the riot at the mall? How about the shoe store, St. Pierre Shoes, set on fire, Washington Street, downtown Providence? How about all the windows and damage that was smashed and vandalized? Not a word said. I watched police attacked. I watched them throw explosives and invade and uh, go into Governor Armando's home and her, her street. I watched them terrorize the diners on Federal Hill. Any accountability? Zero. None. What were we always told? New York. Wisconsin, Minneapolis, they burned the police station to the ground. And what was the phrase in Atlanta? Mostly peaceful protesters. Well, yesterday was mostly peaceful protesters. Now, I write about this on the website, depetro.com, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Relax Souls Reflexology. Lisa Wood is tremendous. You can text her or call her. Now, if you go to depetro.com, you'll see her direct link to her. Reflexology, it differs from massage. Because it uses acupressure points and um, meridians to stimulate the body. She works on your feet and hands. She's tremendous. Lisa Wood. Text her or call her 401-742-6621. Let me play Pete. You know, I like this guy. I met him at the Trump rally in um, New Hampshire. And we know a lot of the same people. He was expressing so far. And I thought Laura Ingram was good and Hannity were good last night. Let me just play this one. It was a difficult day. Reporting for Fox and Friends yesterday morning on the ground, I said a couple of times, you know, this feels like a constitutional tinderbox. It had that feel to it. But it wasn't because Donald Trump gave a speech and then told people to do something at the Capitol. That's not what happened. For supporters of the president, I'll tell you yesterday, that crowd was as large as I've seen. And that, I'm not trying to make a point about that or not, but I Tons of these rallies. This was much larger, uh, much more uh, sort of energized. And ultimately, to a man and to a woman, I talked to a lot of them yesterday. We interviewed them. We may include some of it on Fox and Friends later. They said, this this is a culmination of a feeling I have where my country has been taken over by the left. My voice is being censored yep. in silence. I'm being canceled. My, uh, the, 
people, my institutions are being fundamentally changed by the left. Socialists want to take over and transform our country. And I'm told time and time again, legitimately, that my recourse is to go to the ballot box. I need to go to the ballot box and, and be the silent majority. Yep. And they feel like using COVID as a justification, mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting, going past the constitutional prerogatives of state legislatures, that option has been taken from them, too. That's right. And so what do, what do folks expect to happen? Yes. Ultimately, how might this manifest? Thank God there wasn't more violence, of course, with Antifa and BLM uh, riots. We saw actual targeting of law enforcement. Yes. Actual shots being fired at law enforcement officers. That didn't happen, thank God. Um, but in this particular case, this is the result of, 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 a, of you know, a frustration that a lot of people feel that I frankly wasn't surprised. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying um, all those things. But the images didn't shock me uh, because if you understand how people feel about the moment we're in right now, um, they're, uh, they, they, we feel like we're at a crossroads. You know, he is exactly right. That is, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. That is, that is the best way that I've heard it summed up. This portion of the program brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. What are you doing on this sunny Thursday? Why not stop, get some delicious food? Ron and Melissa, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They still have the delicious Trump cupcakes, Trump chocolate donuts, uh, calzones, sausage and peppers. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, right next to AAA in Providence. And then also... Um, they are on Facebook, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. You know, he summed it up very well. And instead, what do we have? Rhode Island Republicans condemn Capitol riots. But head of party declines to blame Trump. What do you, Capitol riots? You mean the peaceful protesters? That what? A lot of the people you saw were walking through the Capitol taking selfies. That's what happened. And then suddenly, and at least good for Susie refused to um, condemn, stop short of criticizing President Trump. <clears throat> I think he made a strong statement there should be a peaceful demonstration. This is not acceptable. Rhode Island House GOP leader Blake Filippi, I eschew violence. Those breaking law must be arrested and prosecuted. You know, the Rhode Island um, U.S. attorney sent out... Uh, a thing on Twitter. They want to track down Rhode Islanders that were there and they want to prosecute them. You never saw that with the Black Lives Matter protests all summer. As people from Rhode Island would go and get arrested in other states or break the law in other states. And you never saw any type of outreach to go after them. Um, you know, it's also useless. Is Senate GOP Republican leader Dennis Algier. This insurrection on our democracy is despicable. Domestic terrorists have to be prosecuted. You noticed yesterday how quickly they became domestic terrorists? Let me ask you a question. All summer long, did you ever hear any of the Antifa Black Lives Matter protesters, defund the police protesters, did you ever hear them referred to as domestic terrorists? I'm so disappointed. With different people, former state Republican Party chair Brandon Bell called it domestic terrorism. Domestic terrorism. They burned the police station to the ground in Minneapolis. We saw what they did in Atlanta. What about the police car in Rhode Island, Providence Police Cruiser that was torched? Is that domestic terrorism? Oh, no, wait a minute. Those were disgruntled protesters. That's right. See, they have a right to be mad. Because there was slavery in Newport in 1695. But the fact that the election is stolen from us, we're supposed to just take it. I don't buy into any of it. Domestic terrorists. Boy, they have some nerve using that term when they have not used it for other people. And they haven't. You never heard that. All this condemning the what violence at the Capitol. Nellie Gorbia says she told her children the mob will not have their way. What did she say when they had to remove the Christopher Columbus statue out of Providence because the mob was going to tear it down? What did she tell her children then? That the mob did have their way? Is that what she said? What a disgrace. Domestic terrorists. All right, someone who was there is our friend Frank Ritchie. Let me get him on the line right now. 
Uh, he ran for office. He was one of the people that, unfortunately, he um, came up on the short end on uh, election night running uh, for state rep. And uh, But, Frank, I was following him on uh, – is that you, Frank? Oh, oh, there he is. All right, folks, joining us right now is our friend Frank Ritchie. Good afternoon, Frank. Good afternoon, John. Well, I give you a lot of credit because when I woke up yesterday morning – I saw that you will, you got up very early in the morning. When I saw your post, you said, I uh, got an early start. I'm making great time. I'm headed there. I thought, boy, there's no way with traffic and everything he's going to make it. So first of all, what what, did, what time did, did you leave at like 3 a.m.? We left at 3 a.m. and there wasn't a soul on the highway. We made time all the way down to D.C. in a little over six hours. Wow. That is fantastic. That is flying. You must have been flying. So you get there like 9 o'clock. And yes. you um you made your way. Now, where were you for the president's speech? For the president's speech, we, we were brought towards the, um, the monument. So we okay. were hanging out over there because we did get 9 o'clock. Believe it or not, the place was packed. The people started filling in at 6 a.m. Yeah. So we couldn't get up to the stage. So we were back towards the Washington Monument. Okay. And how was the crowd at that point, Frank, during President Trump's speech, Rudy Giuliani's speech, Don Jr.'s speech? Joyful, happy, full of spunk, yep. uh, very energetic. We yeah. were all with the president, one hundred percent. His yes. speeches were motivational, yep. and we were we were ready. Um, we had so much confidence coming out of there; it was just incredible. And how was the crowd that you saw? I mean, I saw. It seemed like just a typical Trump crowd. I saw a lot of American flags. Obviously, some people that were then um, you know geared because it was definitely a little chilly and so forth, but. Uh, tell us a little bit about the crowd during the speech. The crowd was very patriotic, extremely. There were no issues. There was no uprisings. There was no, nobody was getting out of hand. And then finally someone said, the president's asking us to go for the walk to the Capitol. Yep. And we proceeded in a very orderly manner. Uh, the police were letting us go. We were very, very organized and very ruly um, until we get to the, to the Capitol building. And for some reason, they blocked it off like blocks away before we got to the actual Capitol. So we were on the ground, but very, very far away. And at that point, the crowd's like, hey, we want to get closer. And from my vantage point, it was like the police were just, you know what? These people are coming through. We're just going to let them go. Um, I guess it was a little scuffle in the beginning, but they knew that we wanted to be up close. Yep. So they opened the gates up and we proceeded forward to the second checkpoint. Well, it wasn't too far away from the first one, and the same thing happened. They saw they were overwhelmed, and then we proceeded to the third uh, gate, which was right in front of the building, which was fine. And we were all there. We were all cheering and going for Trump. But what happened was that we wound up sitting there for hours doing nothing, and people were getting antsy, and they wanted to go into the building itself. Yep. And none of us wanted that to happen. And all of a sudden, the flash, the flashbang started going off, and the peppers started flying and the tear gas and uh, myself and my people that were there we were hit uh, one got hit in the head with a with a flash and the other flash hit up in the leg and it burnt a hole in his pants wow yep so it was pretty intense and then once the tear gas started coming we just tailed out of there and backed up but even as we backed up they were still throwing things at us so they were antagonizing us it wasn't very well professionally done and they were really overdoing it with the with the tear gas. Yeah. Time. You and know, the guy with the paintball gun, he was just, I know, I guess he was playing Rambo. Yeah, he was firing away, wasn't he? Yep, he certainly was. And I didn't see any reason why he had to go do that. And it just aggravated the people even more. And finally, it just came to a head and people just knocked the police over and they were getting injured. And then finally, they made it to the front doors of the, of the Capitol building. Wow. Well, and the other thing is, and again, folks, we're speaking with Frank Ritchie, who was there. Now, Frank, one of the things is, listen, you know, the, they were going to be inside, and they, they, uh, people wanted to then chant, and they wanted to cheer, and they wanted to, uh, you know, let the people inside know that they were uh, outside supporting the president. And, and from what I understand of people that I was talking to last night, that they wanted to just stay there and they wonder, you know, you're there for the day and everyone's juiced up and they wonder, like, just stay in chant. But suddenly 
it was the Capitol Police that started inciting the crowd by, as you say, firing paintballs at them and firing uh, those uh, flashbangs at them and tear gas. When that's what got the people upset and they were trying to argue, like, stop firing on us. We're just standing here. That's exactly right. We were pleading with him. said, we're on your side. We support you 110%. Right. right. Firing on us. Yes. There was one gentleman who climbed the scaffolding and he just wanted to put a flag up there. No big deal. Right. He grabbed this guy and threw him on the ground and they arrested him right there on the spot. And everyone's cheering, let him go, let him go. Just putting a flag up. Yes. So, so finally they broke through the lines and away they went. Uh, they made it to the front. Now we did not, we did not have the knowledge that somebody at, that the people actually went in for like another 15, 20 minutes because it, we had no communications. Right. Um, they shut, we, they shut down our internet. They shut down our phone systems. So even if the president at that point said, Hey, everybody, let's calm down and just everyone go home. You did a great job. We love you all. None of us would have gotten the message. Yeah, and I want that that's significant and I want to explain that to people because people are using their phones to communicate and people are communicating with family, people are, are trying to meet up with people that they went, people get separated and suddenly they made the decision, the Capitol Police, they cut the communication. So none of the people that are there suddenly they can't use their phones and that use that leads to chaos and frustration and that's another example Frank, there was no reason to do that when they allowed black lives matter to burn down st john's church they, they never st- stopped letting them use their phones that was another thing that added to the chaos because then you can't find anybody oh absolutely and i mean the paintball firing continued and continued until they were overwhelmed but you, you can only push somebody so far push their buttons before they just explode right and that's what wound up happening and I really think the 50 people that made their way into their building, I don't know if they were in Tifa or what they were, but it was the, the urge of the moment. It was a spur of the moment thing. Okay, let's get in there and let's, let's break things up. Right. Uh, I, I, as I, unfortunately, I did see the blood splatter from the, the poor woman that was oh, shot. Oh my God. Uh, it was horrible. She yeah. really bled out pretty bad and uh, we saw right where they picked her up with the rescue. She was and a, unfortunately she died. She was a patriot. She was a patriot. She was a veteran, Air Force veteran, unarmed and shot and they had the video of that and there's tons of police there. There was no reason to shoot her. She didn't have a weapon on her. One of them, right. the uh, uh, the security police just reached through and shot her. I mean, seemingly unarmed for no reason. And Frank, the other thing is, and again, folks, we're speaking with Frank Ritchie was there. Frank, to me, you're a perfect example of someone that the system let you down. You ran a great race. You campaigned. They changed the rules on you. Secretary of State Nellie Gorbia uh, sent out all those mail ballots that were unsolicited. Uh, you know, you spent so much time at the Board of Elections just trying to watch the mail ballot count. But they never, they don't really let you check to see if people... Uh, they wouldn't let you touch the ballots. They wouldn't let you see if, if there's people that voted that shouldn't have voted. You're a, a perfect example. I, I have every faith and I believe that you won that election fair and square and it was taken from you, not by the machines, but, but by who they allowed to vote by mail ballot that were never notarized. Well, on their behalf, they did give me the opportunity if I wanted to look at the mail ballot. The problem was that I'd have to have an army of lawyers, yeah. $50,000 up front, uh. and, then they, and then they would have to go through all the mail ballots and take off any prevalent information to, so they don't have any security lapses anywhere. And then after that, I'm battling the state of Rhode Island at that point. Right. So if we get to, to, to the Superior Court, it would probably go to the Supreme Court, and now you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars to fight this thing just so I can compare the signatures. And they would not allow that. They sent me a lengthy letter that I missed my opportunity. I said, you never told us we could do this. And then from finally, we just said, we, we just can't pay this kind of money. And uh, it would have taken, it would have turned the entire state over if we had a quarter of a million dollars to go and fight this thing. And if we found the irregularities and the signatures didn't match, who knows what would, that would have gone. And right. they just would not let us see them. And I don't understand why that's not a free thing to let us do it they let us they let us do all the um regular ballots that went through the machines so what's the difference between the mail ballots and the regular machine ballots it's still a ballot right 
That is exactly right. And, and Frank, not only that, you know, uh, President Trump touched on Rhode Island yesterday in his speech. I don't know if you caught that. But in Rhode Island, they will not ask someone whether or not they are uh, a, a citizen of the United States when they're registering to vote. Now, what they ask is, are you a citizen of Rhode Island? But those are two separate questions. You know, that's one of the things, Frank Ritchie, that no one questions Secretary of State Nellie Gobia on the fact that you have people that are on the voter rolls and they're voting and they should not be allowed to be on those voter rolls. Yeah, we were given the voter rolls, okay? But they perfectly match all the ballots they went through. There were no irregularities whatsoever. So there was, there was, it, that doesn't sound right. How can we give them voter rolls that perfectly match the ballots altogether? I'm not saying it's, it's wrong or right, but the deception is there. And there's just so, so much there. How much can we, how can we possibly check? What are we supposed to do? Knock on people's doors and see if they actually exist or not? Yep. That's, that's what it came down to. Yeah, that's what it does come down to. How about this quote? And uh, it, it should be highlighted more. Listen to this quote, Frank Ritchie. The whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists take that discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular support often starts small and grows to folks who complain about protest demands make others uncomfortable. That's the point. And who said that? Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman AOC, she said that and tweeted it out December 2nd. So what a double standard it is. That See, they think it's perfectly acceptable to protest and, you know, destroy property and riot. All of that stuff is fine. But when you have a peaceful protest and if they had not shot that woman, then there wouldn't have been any type of casualty with that. What you would have had was a group of people that broke some windows, minor damage, misdemeanor stuff, because that's what it is. If you break a window, it's a misdemeanor. And they would have gone in there for trespassing, which is another misdemeanor. That's all you would have had. And, and as you know, most of the people there yesterday were peaceful protesters. Oh, yes, we were definitely peaceful. And you know what? That's the people's house. Yes. And, and it is the people's house. <clears throat> but the Trump supporters and the Trump patriots, we did not do anything to antagonize the peace. We didn't even throw anything at them. Nothing. Not like the not like the other groups were doing. They were throwing stuff at the police left and right. Uh, mm. But there were a few times when they threw um, the the grenades at us, and we threw them back at them, the tear gas. But other, because we didn't think we were supposed to get gassed, we don't right. feel as though we were doing anything. We were not there being hostile. Mm. Not one bit. Yeah. Now, also take us through the rest of the afternoon and the night. I know you drove back uh, last night. Uh, how much longer did you stay at the Capitol? We stayed until 5 o'clock, and wow. at that point, the National Guard was starting to come in. Yep. And the National Guard came in, and they just simply overwhelmed the rest of the people that were there. So what they did was they formed a line, and they kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And they basically trapped everybody in a big circle at one point. And I would take it at that point, they just dispersed everything. So by 7.30, the entire thing was all done. But it was peaceful again. Right. They knew that they were done. We didn't harass the people. We says, okay, we're done. The curfew's in and we're going home. Mm. Did you try that with any of the other groups? They would have fought the police right there tooth and nail. That's right. That's the difference between a patriot and someone who just wants to be a terrorist or wants to make this country not work the way it's supposed to do and bend the rules. Yep. It's not acceptable. Yeah. Frank, so I just want to go. Uh, did you decide not to go into the Capitol, or did you not know that people had gone inside the Capitol? I felt as though it wasn't the right thing to do. I felt as though we should we should stay outside and make our voices heard. They could hear us from there. I'm sure they could. And that was our main purpose, was to go there and express our concerns and to say, listen, we want the mail ballots looked at. If we lost this fair and square, we're good with it. But put it all on the table. Don't hide anything. So that's why we stayed away from it. And yep. we, and once we found that the people were in there, it just took all the wind out of our sails at that point. And once we got news of the poor girl who was shot, that was, was terrible. And, and the only thing I can say, I love President Trump. I think he's the best president ever for what he's done in the last four years. But I really think he should have done something like what Gina Raimondo did, was show up there. Stand on top of the steps and say, listen, everybody, 
We're done. You're patriots. We love you. And please go home. And well, it diffused the whole thing. Yeah, but Frank, in defense of the president, the Secret Service wouldn't let him uh, do that because ah, he, he okay. didn't have clearance with that mob and crowd to go over there. And then never mind when they found out that members of Black Lives Matter and Antifa had infiltrated, the president wanted to do that. Secret Service would not allow him to go there. So you've been on the you've been on the you've been on the run. You may not have heard that, but he he did not have the opportunity to do that. That's something I did not know. Yeah, but Frank, how? What? At any point, was there one point where you were looking and maybe fifty feet? Like, were you sitting there and said, you know, if I walk fifty feet up, I will actually be inside the Capitol? Or was it like a quick moment that if you didn't run right then, then you wouldn't have got in? Like, was there a with you and your group, I, again, I'm not judging you because yeah. I'm telling you, if I was there and I was with you, I I probably would have gone inside. I'm not saying I wouldn't have damaged anything, but if when there's no communication, people thought they were going in to be part of the hearing because they have, you know, the Senate chambers and everywhere the audience can go. So, uh, listen, I, I am not criticizing you in any way. I can see there were people going inside and taking pictures. It's a huge building. Um, you know, you had no way to know what was going on there. Like, I, I know what it's like to be at an event. And when things are happening in real time, you, you don't know what's happening all the time. There's so much going on and it's loud and there's crowds and everything that people don't realize. See, that's why sometimes I don't go to be on the ground to cover things because it's almost impossible. If I had gone yesterday, I, I wouldn't have been able to do my broadcast because then they cut the all the communication. So no one can communicate. So but so at no point, I mean, I'm telling you right now, Frank Ritchie, if, if, if I could see why if you're there, because you see the footage, there's people, there's older people in there, there's women in there, there's people just walking around taking pictures of themselves inside. I mean, it it is a public building. And on top of that, some of the Capitol Police were letting the people go in. They uh, now now on their behalf, they didn't have much of a choice in the matter, right? Because at that point, people were going to the front of the of the Capitol building as well. Yes. So whoever was there, they were spread so thin. And just a quick story: we had an, a situation where I was caught up in. They had like twenty guards that came by, and they were all decked out and all their gear and everything. And you know what? They got swarmed by a hundred people, yep. and I just happened to be right there in front of it. And there was a guy in front of me. I was getting pushed. He was pushing. We were all pushing each other into these guards. And they couldn't even escape. And the look on their face was like, we're going to get trampled on. Yeah. So at that point, they said, if I fall down or anyone else falls down, we're going to get trampled on. So we had to literally just push our way out of it. Hmm. And there was no need for that. They sent 20 people up against an entire army. And I think that was a very bad thing on their behalf of the Capitol Police. It was. And I think, yep, they were not well trained at all. No. Um, and they were just throwing chemicals all over the place no matter where they went. That's right. And a lot of times, I don't know if you know, when you, I know a little bit about the Capitol Police. Most of them, as you can imagine, they're political jobs. They're politically connected jobs. Now, Frank Ritchie, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro on this sunny Thursday at 1250 on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Everyone on Facebook Live. Speaking of the Frank Ritchie was there yesterday. Frank, I spoke with someone this morning, and these are two Trump supporters. They were in the Capitol. So they went into a part of the Capitol where suddenly... There weren't a lot of protesters there. So they're walking down the hall, and they were maybe, I think they said, like, there were four or five of them. And two of the, the uh, security guards, like, saw that they didn't have weapons. They didn't have a th- they weren't a threat. And they were showing them the different offices. And then when they were, like, looking around and took some pictures, and then they went out a side, a side entrance. So, like, it, 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 it's such a... It's, it's not fear the way that, like, suddenly they're depicting this. A lot of the capital... Police and security, they let the crowd in. So suddenly you had people like, well, the guy's standing there and everyone is funneling in. And they were like one person said they thought they were then allowing the people to go in to go into the chambers because they saw the crowd. So you could see where that could happen. It could get very confusing, especially if you start funneling in. Um, If a large amount of people had gone in all at one time. Right. there would be nothing anyone could possibly do. You, you, there were hundreds of thousands of people that were there. Yeah. And even towards the front lines, what was happening was that as people were getting gassed and they were, they were crying and they were vomiting and 
all kinds of stuff that the gas does to you, they would fall back and another bunch of patrons would go forward and take their positions. Yep. So it was an endless stream of people trying to get to the front. Yes. And we, and we stood our ground and we stood it firmly until we, we were pushed to, until the people were pushed to the point where, you know what, we've had enough and we're not going to take it anymore. Right. No, and it was, and people will only take so much. Um, you know, and that's a good, when you, I, there was a, a, a very dramatic footage I watched this morning of, I mean, it, all you see exactly as you say is wave after wave of people coming. And they, yeah. the Capitol Police were not prepared for it. But when you start firing paint, paintballs and when you start throwing tear gas and flashbangs and you're harming people and then people are getting hurt and people are vomiting, as you say, and everything else, then they start getting frustrated and then they don't have communication and they can't find their loved ones or friends or family or group that they're with. And they, the Capitol Police, they really led to the chaos. And you never saw them do that with Black Lives Matter protesters. No, they let them walk around and do whatever they want. Yep. And on the other, and thus I now President, uh, well, President-elect Biden is going to be taking office on the 20th, maybe. And you know what? They were setting up all the audio equipment, all the electronics. And, they, and you know what? Not one of us touched any of that equipment. We right. didn't cut any wires. We didn't destroy anything. Right. We were there to have our voices heard. We did not do anything that was going to damage the building uh, from the back of the crowd up. But yeah, they, like you said, they broke a couple of windows to get in. But other than that, there was no violence. Nothing was burnt. And it was very, very peaceful. Yeah. Well, Frank, I'm glad... Um you know, you are you're terrific. I also want to salute you for the race you ran. I th- I think that um I don't like all this criticism when and I don't like the fact that a lot of the people that are criticizing what happened yesterday, they don't mention our broken election system here in Rhode Island. You're a perfect example. You put your heart and soul into the race. I believe you won that race. They uh, outmaneuvered you with their mail ballots and the way that they operate. Uh, you are a firm Trump supporter. Let's see how this thing plays out. But also, I give you a lot of credit that you took time out. You went down there yesterday uh, trying to just be peaceful and follow it. And, and you don't hear any accountability on the fact that they were provoking the crowd by firing things into the crowd. So I'm, I'm glad I know you. I'm proud to be your friend. And, uh, and Godspeed, Frank Ritchie. You are a true patriot. Thank you, John. God bless you, too. All right, folks. There he is, our friend Frank Ritchie. Very good account of being down there yesterday. Folks, uh, right now at 1254, it's John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery since 1947. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Call Henry Oil today, 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Oil burner service and installation, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. It's Henry Oil. Call them four zero one five two one zero two hundred. Now, folks, I want to also mention. I implore you to go and visit our friends. Go to the website, depetro.com. If you want to get in touch with me, Governor Rundle press briefing is tomorrow, by the way. Boy, I don't know what's going on with her in commerce. Everything has been overtaken by this. But uh, make sure you stop in and see Tanya and Frank at Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, Body Armor, Ammo, Pepper Spray Food Storage. It's Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. And then also, don't forget... Folks, our friends at Competition Shooting Supplies, firearms, ammunition, accessories, call them 401-727-1716. Happy New Year from John Francis and everyone at Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Now, again, folks, right now it's 1255. We're going until 2 o'clock on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, I want to mention big local story. You remember from the fall and apparently... um, uh, see, now they're going after Mike Pence. Now they're uh, going after uh, Mike Pence, who uh, Langevin and Cicilline are calling on uh, Vice President Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove the president or the House should impeach him. So they're trying to threaten you're not going to be able to run in 2024 unless you invoke that. They should not do that. They need everything to... Um, they need everybody to calm down. State police, but locally, 
and the AG say the investigation shows that the Providence police officer did not hit Jamal Gonzalez. The cruiser hit the stop sign that then fell onto Jamal Gonzalez. So they have redone it. There are no charges in that. There's no charges in the Jamal Gonzalez. Now, we'll see whether or not there's going to be protests. We'll see whether or not there's going to be protests with that. But Pina Narona, Jim Manning, they just wrapped up a press briefing. I, I chose not to go just because I feel that the situation in the Capitol is larger. Uh, but there are no charges in that. You know, I've kind of talked about that a little bit um, and, and, and I'd heard that. And if you watched it, basically that's what we heard what happened. By the way, in, in terms of Jamal Gonzalez, from what I understand, he's doing much, much better. He may be uh, um, he may be discharged from the hospital. Now, he's not talking, but he is moving around. He does sit up. Um, you know, at one point, there were people that were ready to bury the poor guy. And now we have found out that he is, in fact, um, uh, he, he is doing better. But there's there's going to be no charges in that, if you remember, that was, <coughs> excuse me, back in October, and you had the situation off Elmwood Avenue and all those ATV riders and uh, and so forth. And um, but right now, there will not be any charges in the Jamal Gonzalez uh, situation. So that's been brewing for quite some time. They uh, look at this now; it's already January. And uh, photo evidence shows the Providence police cruiser did not strike the moped driven by Gonzalez, who was very seriously in the, into the crash. He, the police cruiser, hit the stop sign that then, boom, rocketed, and then that's what hit him. Apparently, they even say that there was red paint from the stop sign on the side of the helmet. Worn by Jamal Gonzalez. Boy, the helmet saved his life. Um, let's see. Uh, Attorney General Nerona said the officer's braking goes 18 miles. He hits the stop sign, which collapses, slams Gonzalez in the helmet. Um, pulled in, uh, might be looking at a very different case. Had he not been moving when he pulled in front? So he didn't block him. The officer, McParlin, had been moving, moved in front of him. I'm just reading some of these tweets from Ed Fitzpatrick from the Globe backwards. Attorney General Nerona said investigators analyzed whether police reacted to the officer saying, box this guy in. None of the officers recalled hearing it, his radio call, where they said, box the guy in. Um, video shows Providence police officers trying to pull over Gonzalez to cite him, and he made he flipped off the police. Now, that much we do know when you see that, they were trying to pull him over. So, folks, it's 1259. It's time to be, we have another hour to go on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It's John DePietro on this Thursday. A lot more next hour. Radio only. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. But next hour, right now, it's 1 o'clock.